Three, two, one. Welcome to the Dave of the Dog Trainer podcast, episode one twelve, I believe. Is that accurate? You are correct. One twelve. I'm starting to remember them. Um, okay, so today we're gonna have a little bit of fun. We're gonna watch some videos. Um, listen, every time I do these reaction videos, right? I don't even want to call them reaction videos. We're just watching videos and we're hanging out because we don't have anything very exciting to talk about today, honestly. <laughs> right. So, so. <laughs> What I'm trying to do through this reaction video that we're going to do today, or this fun watch party, how about we call it that? Fun watch, watch party, party. <laughs> is I would like to watch three different. So, so everybody goes to the internet to try to learn how to train their dog. Obviously, Correct. right? Yeah. Like that's a normal thing. And obviously, as YouTubers or as uh, internet dog trainers, on top of being actual dog trainers, obviously, uh, a lot of us like to cater to that a little bit. We try to put out content that we think is going to help people, and we try to put out content that we think is going to help educate people on how to actually solve some of the day-to-day problems that they have, right? Mm -hmm. So I just casually in Google decided to search how to get your dog to stop pulling on a leash to see what comes up. And what I want to do is I want to watch a couple different videos that okay. people have made on how to uh, teach your dog how to um, not pull on the walk. And I want to see uh, uh, what different opinions are out there on it. I yeah. want to see if I think the things that are being recommended are actually going to work. Uh, and uh, just give you guys my take on it, obviously. And try to keep it nice and cool and collected in this one. I don't anticipate there's going to be anything that's going to really fire me up about it. Yeah. But I think this might be cool. And this is kind of sparked, so everybody knows. This is sparked by the conversation I had with the, the woman at the New York Times. Uh, one of the things that we discussed in that um, interview that I had with them was, you know, is the internet a good place to go to, to seek out information to solve some of the problems that you're having, right? Mm -hmm. And my, uh, my heart tells me that, yeah, there's a lot of different things that you could get a lot of help with by watching videos. Mm -hmm. And something as simple as pulling on a leash, right? This is not anything that's massively emotionally charged. This is not like solving dog aggression, solving yeah. human aggression. How do I get my dog to stop biting Aunt Sally, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. <laughs> this is literally, how do I go for an enjoyable walk with my dog? Yep. Right? So what I want to do is I want to watch these videos here and, um, you know, see what see what people are telling people out there. All right. So first video, this one is what um, the video is titled Watch the Unique Method That Has Changed So Many People's Lives. This one is by Beckman's Dog Training. Now, I've done a video on Beckman's Dog Training before that everybody freaked out on me on because they said that I didn't know anything about him and I was being overly critical and <laughs> analytical about his stuff and, yeah. and, and I and, and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, in the video that I made of him, I, I think I was being relatively nice. I don't think there was anything massively that I was like, this no. guy's terrible in it or anything like that. No. Uh, if Beckman's Dog Training sees this video, just so you know, I got no problem with you, man. It looks like you're doing great work. And yeah. for anybody that's listening to this that might be Beckman fans... Again, zero issue with him. I, I, I think he does good work, right? So, so I'm just giving you guys my take on this. This is my opinion. It's nothing more than that. So let's watch this video. Start off with Taco Bell ad. All right, here we go. Oh, Joel, why don't you just give him a bunch of treats? Because I don't want to give him a bunch of treats. Because that's not the way I live life. I don't sit there and give my kids M&Ms when they do something good. It's not the way I, that's not the way I or anyone operates in any other aspect of their life. Oh, but you give your employees a paycheck. People give them their employees a paycheck. Yeah, every two weeks. 
We don't sit there and reinforce every single tiny behavior any organism ever does. We only, why do, why do we do that with dogs? All right, so strong start. Obviously, as you can tell based on that, this likely is going to involve very little reward, which I'm, I'm, with, I'm with the dude on that. I don't use a lot of rewards when it comes to my leash walking training, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the walk is one of those interesting places where I don't necessarily want my dog hyper fixated on me. I just want them mindful of my space and being respectful of the leash, right? So so yeah. I, I don't use a ton of rewards for it. Generally speaking, I teach the dog a perimeter. I teach the dog a boundary, and then I want them to exist within that boundary so that they can take in the things going on around them. Mm-hmm. I like that whale whale training shot too. By the way, yeah, he I believe got- if I'm not mistaken, and I, and I don't know that much about Beckman, but I believe he was a like a marine animal trainer for a while. So I think he may have worked with whales and, yeah. and, and maybe dolphins and stuff like that. And has a background in those types of things. Hmm. Here, ten minutes ago, he's eight months old. He pulled me down this driveway almost as hard as I've ever been pulled. Okay. Like he took me like five feet probably till I got my bearings. He is a polar. You guys are always asking for the craziest polars. I sometimes show you a dog. He's being good. It's being good because of the doorway method that I do. And you guys are like, we want a worse dog. Okay. He's not a bad dog. He's just a polar. He also jumps. So I'm going to show you him hopefully pull so that you can see, oh yeah, he's a polar. Then we're going to go do the method, go on a walk. I have a gentle leader. They have used it before. They say that he just gets it on and he just lies down. I also have treats, okay? Watch when he kind of gets into something or when he pulls, he basically, he pulls hard. You can see, this is not terrible, but look at him, look at his body as he's like into something. And then you try to pull him away and his whole body reacts, not terrible, but now we're gonna go in the house. You can see that he's not trained well in loose leash walking, okay? All right, so now. Looks like an average dog. Right. Yeah. I'm sure this dog pulls quite a bit, um, but it looks like a pretty average dog here to yeah. me so far. Right. Which is fine. This is the kind of dog that a lot of people are going to own that are going to go to videos like this to look for help for. Mm. So this is probably actually a great representation of a dog we would utilize in order to teach a video like this. True. Come in here. Oh, Jesus. What did I say about using my old spice dry spray? I need long lasting freshness. We're reinventing our network. With smarter, more efficient routes. So you can deliver more value <laughs> to your customers. We need to get Fast, that ad blocker. Reliable. I know. Perfectly organized. I told you guys. I'm the okay. United States Postal Service. And we're going to do the process. I'll get it, Carly. We're going to do the process. You know the doorway process. We're going to set the tone. I do have the gentle leader. He jumps. Okay? So we're going to deal with that. I want you to see him do the behaviors so that you guys can see the behaviors getting fixed quickly and my method for fixing them. I'm not saying the be- if I do my method for jumping. Now, again, this dog is already being pretty mindful of him. Like, this mm-hmm. dog is not dragging all over the place or anything by any means. Now, let's talk about that for a minute because mm-hmm. obviously I believe him that when this dog got dropped off, this dog dragged him all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now, step number one in the non-spoken part of solving leash pulling and getting a dog to a place where they're just being a little bit more respectful of you 
is, ding, 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 removing the reinforcement behind the behavior, right? So why do dogs start pulling in the first place? They start pulling because of something we refer to as an opposition reflex, which is we pull on them and dogs innately want to try to fight a restraint or fight a barrier, which is why reactivity starts in the first place, which is why dogs start dragging you towards places. And we subconsciously will actually train the dog to do so. And how do we do that? If we're standing there and the dog pulls in that direction, we take a couple steps that way, right? Mm. If we're standing there and the dog pulls and wants to go sniff on that tree, we walk them over to that tree. And we teach them over the course of minutes, hours, days, months, years, that every time if they really want to get to something, the owner is going to finally give in to them and allow them to get to that thing. Let me give you an example that I literally saw yesterday, right? So yesterday, I'm pulling up to the facility, and we have a new dog that's coming in for a one-on-one session. I think maybe they're one or two sessions into things at this point, mm-hmm. right? So so this is not, you know, obviously the owner is not educated enough to really know how to work through these things mm-hmm. fully yet. But I was watching as I was pulling up. She was spending some time getting the dog into a sit before she opened the door, right? All right, she's fighting with the dog, fighting with the dog. Dog got into the sit. Then she goes to start slowly opening the door, and then she's watching the dog, and then the dog gets up, and she kind of gets it back into a sit for a second. And then she opens the door the rest of the way and the dog takes off through the door and then she just walks in with the dog, right? So she spent the first half of before she was going in the door, like, all right, we're going to get a good sit and wait right now. We're going to get a good sit and wait right now. And then as soon as the dog said, no, I'm not doing it. She's like, all right, fine. We're not going to enforce this anymore. Uh, right? Yeah. So so we kind of half try. Like, obviously, people don't want their dogs to pull. They're like, all right, I'm going to stop you from pulling that thing for a second. No, you can't go over to that trash can over there. Okay, fine. You can go over to that trash can over there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So not being consistent about the boundaries, which again, I just said this dog is being very mindful of Beckman in this video. A lot of that probably has to do with from the second he got that leash after the dog pulled for a minute, he started realizing this guy's different. He's not giving into those tiny little bits of pressure here and tiny Mm -hmm. little bits of pressure there. Yeah. And obviously, given the fact that this dog got dropped off, so he's probably a little bit overwhelmed being away from the owner again Mm -hmm. now. Right. Um, But that, that, that psychological side of things. You watch Caesar videos and he talks a lot about the human of like, hey, just like, just stand there. Like, stop giving into the dog every time that they go to do something, you know? That side of things plays a massive role in this. And if you try to use a technique to stop pulling without being aware of that side of things, you're only going to get so far with things. Yeah. So let's keep watching. Everything's going to be gone forever. That's not the case. But you guys got to see this stuff. Okay, come to the door. You know the method. Sit. See if you know sit. Stay, not getting treats. The treat is to go out the door. The reinforcement's going on a walk. Stay. Okay. Correction, come back in. Leaves me again. Correction, do I need to go to the door? No, he left me right here. This is what you guys don't do enough of. I say it all the time. You guys don't do enough of this. Go to the door, he leaves. (laughs) We're keeping it cool. Yeah, it's no cool. biggie, right? Yeah, Listen, yeah. okay, let, I'm, I'm pointing out positives today, right? Okay. I agree that, obviously, he is giving corrections for the dog, not paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Love it, right? Timing on the markers, timing of the commands. He, like, released the dog with okay, and the dog went through the door, and then he corrected him once he released. A little bit sloppy, 
Yeah. A little bit sloppy. But that's not the point of this video. The takeaway from this should be when your dog is darting ahead of you, giving them corrections will help reshift the attention back onto you. Mm -hmm. And resetting. Notice the dog went through. Whether, you know, I, I think he told him okay. So he, <laughs> he probably could have been, been able to go through or not. Yeah. But let's say he didn't say okay. And then the dog darted through. And then he gave him a correction. And he reset him back into the house. He said, we're going to try this again right now. And just a little correction. He's on normal color. He has two colors on. He has like a martingale type collar and he has a normal one. I'm on the normal one. Okay. Oh, Joel, you released him. You released him. Let's see what he says about this. And then you corrected him. No, I didn't. He left. I, a release on a leash is not do whatever you want. Wait. He's on a leash. So the leash you? means you can leave me about three feet and then you need to check in with me. That's what the leash means. Okay, so that's a very gray criteria <laughs> because, and again, everybody is welcome to enforce however they want to enforce. I think that's very confusing, right? The le like so, so obviously we have a dog that's in command and then we have a dog that's not in command, right? Mm -hmm. I do agree that when the dog is on a leash, there are some different parameters to things when we release them. Yeah. But- the parameters are not you have to do something particular. It's just you can't do something particular. Because when a dog mm -hmm. is free, there's no expectation of them aside from don't do things that you're never allowed to do, right? Yeah. So when I release my dog in the house, it's not that you're free to literally do anything you want, like get into the trash or counter surf or jump on gas and stuff yeah. like that. It's you're free to do whatever you want within the parameters of the rules that I have set consistently, right? Yeah. The only thing that changes when the dog is on a leash is the dog is not allowed to actively pull on the leash, Yeah. right? So if I tell a dog, okay, and they're on a six-foot leash, they're allowed to go as far as they want and do whatever they want to do as long as when they hit that tension on the leash, they don't continue to pull through it. Yeah. If they're on a long line, a 20-foot line, they're allowed to do anything they want within the 20-foot long line as long as they don't pull. The reason why I think this is confusing is because what if, like I just said, this dog was on a long line and mm. you release them? If I tell them, okay, right? Does mm. that still mean the dog has to stay within three feet of you? So if the dog is attached to any length of leash, mm. they have to stay within three feet of you when they're released. I would bet that that contradicts things that he does on a long line sometimes because I would bet you on a long line sometimes he'll give the dog freedom to go sniff around and practice off-leash training. Mm -hmm. Again, which is why I think that's a little bit confusing of a criteria. Yeah. I also think it's kind of uh, confusing to the dog because he says okay, and as soon as he does it, he kind of backs up a little bit to like shorten the leash. Yeah, which again, he's, he's testing the dog's attention, yeah. which is normal. I probably wouldn't release the dog yeah. to do that, though. Well, that, I was going to say, it just seems unfair because yeah. then the dog thinks you're yeah. still there, but you're backing up. Because I'll do the same thing sometimes. Like, the the you know, using a threshold in order to teach attention, right, mm -hmm. I think is a great way to do it because it's typically a place dogs get mindlessly aroused and want to charge through that threshold, mm -hmm. right? So let's say I'm at the threshold. I open the door. Instead of releasing the dog, how I would do it is I would give the dog a come command, meaning you have to... Be mindful of my space still yeah. right now, right? So there is a criteria. Mm -hmm. You're not free to do whatever you want to do. And then I can kind of test the dog where I move away from the doorway. And if he doesn't keep attention on me because he has to, that's what the criteria mm -hmm. of come is, then I can give that correction. Yeah. Do this stuff. You want to be a great dog trainer or do you want to be an average dog trainer? This is the stuff that, that, that matters, okay? Sit. I did not say sit two feet up. I did. I said sit right here. Sit. 
There we go. I'm not going to ask it a bunch of times. I asked it two times. Stay. We are conditioning that the leash means something, that I mean something. You got here five minutes ago. Okay. Okay. Is that within criteria? Sort of. Sort of. But we sort have to of? move on with this video. Okay. This is where <sighs> I get into some of the issue with seeking online dog training content, right? So, like, is it or this, if I were an own, like, I can understand what he's doing right now. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I could get the point of like, all right, we got to move on to the next thing and stuff like that. But if our thing is like, hey, this is how you can teach your dog to stop walking. We need to clarify those things for people. Yeah. Is it or is it not? Because, yeah, it looked like the dog was maybe five feet away from him instead of three feet, which he said was the criteria initially. But the dog definitely didn't hit the end of the leash. Mm -hmm. Right. It was within the realms of it. And he did release the dog. So so people are going to look at that and be like, Wait, so what am I supposed to enforce? I don't I don't fully understand. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> we'll keep going. <clears throat> okay, we're going to go on a walk. <clears throat> now, this dog is eight months. He is going to constantly wander. When you have a wanderer or a young dog, you don't want to just be giving corrections constantly. So I'm going to become a place of reinforcement. Luke. So this guy hopefully will be like, okay, I'm gonna look at that guy occasionally for treats. Now, this, is the pro this can be the problem with treats, is they go, they, they sit in front of you and beg for treats. We're gonna take this slow. This is the first walk. Okay, we can let him smell a little bit. And good boy, Luke. That's the, one of the keys right there. I said, good boy, Luke. I took one step. He said, I'm leaving, and I stopped. That's what you guys got to do. It's not just about the dog leaves you and stop. It's these subtle little things. Is he within criteria? Yeah. Oh, what a good boy. How about a look? And he looked away. I was going to give him a treat. Oh, and he looked away. So he looks at me for about three seconds, I'm, and then he looks away. I'm not going to give him a treat once he looks away. So is the criteria that he has to look at you or just stay in your space? Yeah. Again, I don't even inconsistent know. parameters here. Now, what is he doing that I agree with right now? Right? So he is creating his his what I'm assuming, right? I don't want to put words in the guy's mouth, obviously, right? What I'm assuming is he is creating kind of an implied when you're on a leash, you have to be in my space and mindful of me at all times. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is fine. I got no problem with that, obviously. And he's using a balanced approach of correcting when the dog leaves that bubble yeah. and rewarding when the dog is within the bubble. The problem is he's in my opinion, the problem is he is withholding some of his rewards for different criteria. Because if mm -hmm. the dog's criteria right now is you just have to be in my bubble, it doesn't matter if he's looking at you or not, mm -hmm. right? Additionally, the point of our markers that we use, so if I mark with good with something or I say yes or whatever it may be, right, is that I could bridge the gap between I've captured that split second moment when he did it correctly so I could give the reward whether, whether he continues doing it or not yeah. and he'll correlate it to the thing that he did correctly so it'll be more likely that it happens in the future. Right. Yeah. So I generally, if I tell the dog good or yes or whatever it may be, and I go to get that reward out, I'm still going to give it to them, regardless of if they're still doing it or not, mm -hmm. depending on what the criteria for markers is, obviously. So, yeah. so this is the confusing thing for people that are watching any of these videos, not just his, anybody's, is there's a lot of groundwork that goes into you understanding the communication system to teach these things. Mm -hmm. Going for the treats. Look at, look at his body when he pulls. 
Look at his whole body tense up and go the other way. Good boy. Oh, Joel, why don't you just reflex. give him a bunch of treats? Because I don't want to give him a bunch of treats. Because that's not the way I live life. I don't sit there and give my kids M&Ms when they do something good. Okay, that's so this the is the I, clip from the beginning, the obviously. Or so again, another little bit of a confusing thing is you just said a minute ago, literally probably one minute ago, that he wants to start to become a source of reward and engagement, mm -hmm. and then right away says, I don't want to give him a bunch of treats on the walk. Yeah. <laughs> right? So so I don't, un I don't fully understand that either, no. right? If this is a dog that just got dropped off a couple minutes ago, generally speaking, early in the teaching process, especially if we have something the dog doesn't know how to do, generally speaking, we would want to pretty heavily re reinforce that new thing that we're teaching, Yeah. right? Again, I... I I agreed with him at the beginning. Like, like on the walk, I generally don't use that many rewards in the process. So, so it it just depends on how you want to. You know what I mean? It depends yeah. on how you want to train. But there's just a lot of flipping back and forth. It feels like. Mm -hmm. One operates in any other aspect of their life. Oh, but you give your employees a paycheck. People give them their employees a paycheck. Yeah, every two weeks. We don't sit there and reinforce every single tiny behavior any organism ever does. We only, why do, why do we do that with dogs? Constant reinforcement. Look at, look at leaving. Okay. That's the response we want. Now a little more on my page and a little less on my page. So this is just confusing. So, so we're teaching the dog that okay means you have to stay butt flip. Me. Yeah. So it's not a release then. It's no. not. Okay. Good. Every time he leaves, we're going to stop until he realizes that he has to pay attention to me, which he has never realized in his life that he has to actually look back at the person on the leash. Maybe he's realized, I look back, I occasionally get treats. That's different than look back because this crazy guy stops all the time. Now again, getting back to you. So, so essentially we're going for a walk and we're stopping every time the dog loses attention and giving them a correction for it. Mm. Tried and true method. It'll work. I got no problem with that, obviously. Yeah. And this will work to help some of your pulling. Now he made a, a conscious note to say at the beginning, the dog is just on a flat collar right now, mm -hmm. which there's a lot of trainers out there that'll have this debate of like, Oh, if you can't do it on the flat collar, you shouldn't use the tool and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. To which I always say, well, if I can do it on the flat collar, why would I ever use the tool then? Right. Yeah. So if you're implying that everything can be done just on a flat collar, then you shouldn't ever have to use a tool then at that point. <laughs> yeah. And then we look at like, what's the point of the, the tool, right? So let's say we have this dog on a prong collar as opposed to a flat collar. It's going to have a more aversive sensation, right? Which mm -hmm. means that I'm going to need to correct the dog far less because the mm -hmm. dog is going to care more about the sensation that I'm providing for yeah. the consequence, which I don't ever understand why somebody wouldn't want to use that. Right, so let's say you did this exact same method he's talking about right now, but you implemented a prong collar for it. You're gonna get the results ten times faster. Mm -hmm. To which some people say, "Well, you're a slave to the tool." Then it's like, okay, fine. Like if the dog <laughs> behaves perfectly for me when that tool is on, like I don't have any sort of issue with that. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's saying that. Obviously, I'm just saying that looking at this, this method would be more effective on a training tool. Mm -hmm. Would it be more effective? On a gentle leader, on a prong, <laughs> possibly. Actually, ironic. That's yeah. not what this video is about. <clears throat> Maybe you at home want to just use a normal collar. Okay, there's a constant leave. This is the first session. He got me here five minutes ago. He's never been out here. Why am I not giving a bunch of cues? Because he doesn't care about cues. I could say his name. I want this dog and every dog to act right without being told to act right. 
I don't want to talk to him. I want to go on a walk and sit there and look at the sky. I don't want to sit there and be telling my dog, saying his name, telling him sit, telling him heal. I want to go about my walk in my life and think about what I want to think about and not give my dog constant cues. So again, getting back to teaching an implied come, essentially, right? Or an implied heal, which totally, totally, totally fine. Mm -hmm. My issue where this gets contradicting is with the release, though, right? So for implying, you can imply that when you're on a leash, you just have to do this, which is fine, until I release you, mm -hmm. right? At some point, we have to tell the dog when they can go off on the leash and go to the bathroom or sniff the tree or do those types of things. Mm -hmm. And if we're teaching that okay isn't that, how do we let the dog know that they can go and do that then? Yeah. How do you do that? You don't give them a bunch of cues early on. You don't give them a bunch of treats early on. You train the general leash rules. The general leash rules. So me taking two steps forward has been his cue to just leave and not know. So I am conditioning the dog to now Oh, 15 stops, first session ever. Can you do 15 stops? Sure you can. Do you have the patience to do 15 stops? I don't know if you do. You should. <laughs> it's your dog. It's your dog for the rest of your, this is the, your dog for the next 12 years of your life. But you're not patient enough to do 15 stops until <laughs> you get, Christ. then you get to this point. This is wild, With a dog man. who yeah. pulled me. Okay, where are you going with this? Like, yeah. The dog that. There's your release. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So yeah. he just told the dog okay, and now he's letting the dog go off well past three feet from him to go sniff around. Yeah. Ooh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> back it up. Let's back this up for a second. Thing stops? I don't know if you do. You <laughs> That's should. hilarious. It's your dog. It's your dog for the rest of your... This is the, your dog for the next 12 years of your life, but you're not patient enough to do 15 stops until you get, then you get to this point with a dog who pulled me, okay, with a dog that, there's your release to smell. Don't do a release to smell early on till you get your dog on your page. There's a dog that often rushes up to us right here and we'll see if that happens. I don't know where he is. I'm He's really confused by that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Luke, come on. Now back on your left and let's see, what I say, 15 stops? Ah, boy, this, look at him. He pulls, oh, that was, that's pretty good. He actually gave in a little bit. Now, as we go on the walk and I don't do a bunch of stops, he's going to start to just leave more and forget. We just got to remind him. Look. On his own. Okay. On his own. So now he's releasing and correcting okay. again. Watch me. These are not hard corrections. These do not hurt the dog. They do get the dog's attention. Three stops. Now we're here. Now I can They're start aversive. to relax. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to hurt to be aversive. Oh. But they get the dog's attention because Dude, they're aversive. Barely. The dog doesn't like them. First session. Barely. Let's throw in some treats. Reinforce them back at you. Okay? Someone asked the other day, they're like, why didn't you mark the behavior? Did you just give treats for fun? So I'm not gonna get into what that means, bridging or marking a behavior. I'm not gonna get into the nuance of it. Basically, she was asking why I didn't say, give a, a clicker or click or say yes or something, and then reinforce, because that's not what I'm doing here. 
I am just being a place of reinforcement so that the dog checks in with me and so that the dog only gets the reinforcement here so I have a hit a history of reinforcement here. I'm not into marking the behavior out there. That's not what I'm using the treats for. Okay, that's the first time I have done that and he actually paid attention. We are on our way to having a good walking dog without cues on a normal collar because of all those stops. Do you have the patience? Tester stop. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. 15 stops. Leaving. All right, we've seen enough of this video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to break this one down for you guys. It's, listen, it's fine. It'll work if you do it. The things, and this was kind of my issue with the last videos we watched of him, is the stuff he was doing was what was cool, right? It was good, right? Mm -hmm. I actually generally agreed with a good majority of it. The things he was saying were very confusing, right? Yeah. Same with this one. So, so forget he was saying anything here. Basically, in a nutshell, what he is trying to do right now is he is trying to create just organic, natural, automatic attention while the dog is on a leash, mm -hmm. right? So when you are walking, if your dog goes to dart ahead and loses focus of you, you're stopping and giving the dog a correction. I personally would do it on a prong collar as opposed to a flat collar, but over time, any tool, depending on how motivated the dog is by it, should work. Again, this is a relatively easy dog, it looks like. This does mm -hmm. not strike me as a massive, 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 massive puller. Mm -hmm. Under the right circumstances, I'm sure it could be. But this is like your average Joe Schmo dog that kind of pulls you on the walk and is a little annoying to take for walks. Yeah. Right? So automatically creating attention. You don't have to say anything. As you're walking, dog leaves your space. Stop. Leash correction. Stop leash correction. Stop leash correction. Additionally, when the dog is in the correct spot, he wants to become a source of reward, right? Meaning he's not marking, even though you could still do that by marking, right? We're yeah. not going to get into that right now, though. <laughs> but regardless, we're teaching the dog, when you're on a leash, you start pulling, there's a correction, you don't pull in our next to me, there's a reward. It's mm -hmm. honestly, I mean, like I tell everybody, like training, the whole point of training, our training program, stuff like that, we are creating the communication to tell the dog yes and no in a way that they understand. Yep. Right. How do we do that? We find something the dog doesn't like that we could use as no. We find something the dog likes that we could use as yes. From there, you could teach and shape anything that you want. Right. Yeah. So again, things he was saying, a little confusing. The method itself, it's pretty tried and true. I don't know if this is a unique method or anything. I think this is just a very normal, basic <laughs> method people will use to yeah. train their dog. Unique and confusing, everybody. Listen, the, the talking is what kills me sometimes. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, whatever. I ain't got no problem with that one. You could watch yeah. it, turn the sound off, and then um, get some knowledge. Yeah. Just the part where he even said, oh, well, just for the sake of the video, we're going to move on. What? Like, ah. All right. So we're going to move on to this next one. I don't actually know if I've ever watched a video by this person. This is McCann Dog Training that actually has 1.16 million subscribers, which is pretty crazy. So this is five quick tips to stop your dog from pulling on the leash. Again, I ain't got no clue who this guy is, so we're going to watch it. You ready? Let's I'm ready. Can you imagine taking them for relaxing, peaceful walks through your neighborhood, but when you got them home, you quickly realized they were less of a walker and more of a puller. In this video, instructor Rob is going to give you five tips to stop your dog from pulling unleashed so that you can take your aspiring sled dog out of that lead position and get them into more of a heel position. I'm Ken Steep, and welcome back to McCann Dogs. One question we get asked very often here at McCann. I actually don't even know if this is like a balance trainer or a force freaker. I got yeah. no clue. Let's find mm -hmm. out. 
How do I get my dog to stop pulling on the leash when we're out for a walk? It can get extremely frustrating, almost to the point you're so stressed that you don't even feel like taking your dog for a walk anymore. We're going to give you the tools to help make that walking experience so much better. So your dog won't pull on their leash and you're gonna to wanna to take them for a walk or take them wherever you want to go. If your dog's choking on its collar, you're doing it wrong. The last thing we want is your dog to be pulling on their leash and also choking themselves. So that's usually because the collar is poorly fitted, but we can easily fix that. Usually the collar is too loose, but here's how we're gonna address that. You can see here on ketchup, this collar's on him. <laughs> I love that the dog's way name too is ketchup. Low, yeah. Over top of his shoulders almost. So when he leans into his leash, he can really pull because it's sitting nice and low on his shoulders. So he actually has more power. One thing people often do though, is they switch to a harness, thinking that that's gonna stop the dog from choking on their collar. But the biggest problem with that is it doesn't address the issue that your dog's pulling. In fact- A hundred percent, all right, yeah. so I, I agree already, right? So poorly fitted equipment can contribute to this. Obviously, oh, yeah. whatever equipment we're using, in addition to our technique, needs to be optimized to be as effective as possible. So if we're mm. gonna be training on a collar, the dog's neck is far more sensitive the higher up it is and much stronger the lower it is. Mm. So getting back to, it's not about the tool you use, but the dog caring about it. If yeah. it's on the strongest part of the body, the dog is not gonna care. Now, a lot of people switch to harness, like you said, because they're like, my dog's choking, so I'm gonna put him on a harness. It's like, mm -hmm. well, your dog's choking because they're pulling. Right. So what we're saying is we're going to use a harness so that he doesn't choke when he pulls yeah. instead of stopping him from pulling. Mm -hmm. It actually enhances the issue for the dog to pull. Now, there's a lot of different collars out there, so it's really important to choose the right one for the right training method. And we're going to show you which one's best to get started with. Big box of collars. Oh. No martingales. No choke chains. Really? Prong collar. Flat buckle collar. And an actual buckle collar. So that's the one he likes. So. As you can see, there's a lot of different collars and they're all designed with a specific purpose in mind, even harnesses as well. But what we like to start is with a flat metal buckled collar. And make sure you stay away from the plastic ones. Those are the plastic ones can break at the clips great. sometimes and your dog can be off before you know it. So we're gonna get our flat buckle collar and what we have what we're looking for in the fitting is to make so I want to know if he's going to say why not to use a prong collar. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is again getting back to different people that are like you shouldn't have to use the tool. You can teach it without the tool, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, again, my go-to is the prong collar for this. Mm -hmm. There's a good boy, Catchy, that it fits catchy. up high on the neck, and it's not going to slide down like I mentioned before. We want it to fit up nice and high, and you can only really fit two fingers underneath the dog's collar. It's still nice and loose, so it's not choking your dog at all. But the one thing that you have to remember, you got those growing puppies. I wanna be doing that two finger check every single day. Having a well-fitted collar will give you more control and also provide your dog with better timing of information. The next thing I wanna talk about is tension in the leash. And what we're looking for is a nice slack leash, clip pointing towards the ground. It's really important 
because if your dog is always under tension and you're holding the leash tight, that goes right down to their collar and they can feel that and they get used to it. And what they end up doing is pulling all the time because that's all they ever know. So we wanna get the leash nice and loose as we're training so they don't continue to pull. Again, I agree with it. So step number one, right equipment. Do I agree with the equipment he chose? Not necessarily, but that's fine. Each their own. Yeah. Step number two, loose leash. Totally agree, right? So one of the biggest mm -hmm. problems we see, people hold that leash really, really short. And one, yeah, they're constantly feeling the tension, but they're constantly feeling the tension and feeling it release when they pull. So they pull, we give them a little slack. We pull, they give them a little slack, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So having it loose makes sure that we have a clear parameter the dog can stay within where they don't feel tension, where they only feel it once they've made the mistake. Now that tension can work in a good way because it'll cue the dog to move towards us once they feel that tension. Yep. Now see if you can see how Ketchup moves around with me and he feels a little bit of tension, he starts to move and he'll move to my side. That's a good boy. Yes, good boy, Ketchup. And if now what's challenging about this video that I like Beckman's a little bit better with is this clearly is already a trained dog. Right. Yeah. So they're demonstrating techniques, but people have to actually see how it changes the dog's behavior in order to know what they do. Because you get a dog that's really pulling you around and you just say, OK, cool. Well, hold the leash looser. The dog's still going to pull on the looser <laughs> leash. Right. Yeah. So so that's the one. Yeah. Not so great part about some of these types of videos people will make, which, listen, demonstration purposes, teaching concepts and stuff is good. I don't necessarily know. And we'll see as we get further along in this video. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if this will help somebody to be able to teach their dog. Yeah. Where Beckman's, though, the things he was saying I thought were a little confusing. That one will actually show you how to take the dog and get them to behave a little bit better. Yeah. He feels that tension. He quickly moves closer to me. And even to the point where we can take that leash off. There's a good boy. Stay nice and close. Hey, there's a good boy. And yeah. You can take the leash off because yeah. the dog is trained. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Catchy. Come on there, good boy. Yes. Give you a touch. Good boy. And he learns to move with me no matter what. So the important thing is when you have that leash nice and loose, <laughs> it's almost the same as not having a leash on at all. But if you have that tension in the leash all the time, your dog knows there's no freedom for them and they're not really making a choice to hang out with you. So this is my other dog, Scout, and she's got a metal flat buckle collar on too. But sometimes you can get a really strong dog and you need something to provide them with a little bit more direction that will help affect change in your dog. So our next go-to thing on that is the gentle leader. And the reason we like the gentle leader so much is it works on head control versus anything else. It controls the movement of the head a little bit better than the flat buckle collar, and it works on a pressure system versus a pain system like some other collars. And the great thing about this is it's easy to wean off of. So if Scout's walking and she's doing a really good job and not pulling, I can slide that nose loop off. There we go, Scout, good girl. And what I do is I can just take that clip, and there's a double D-ring underneath the bottom there, I'll take that clip in, and then now... I also don't really like that it works off a pressure system instead of a pain system. Yeah. Right? I understand what he's saying of it can potentially, for some dogs, be a little bit less aversive. It's not creating a pinching sensation. But aversion is aversion, right? Yeah. A dog not liking or wanting to avoid something... I mean, pressure is, I could do this, mm -hmm. right? That's pressure, but I don't want to avoid it, yeah. right? There's nothing about it. You could take my hand and pull it this way, but like, 
I could fight that still, mm-hmm. right? The only way the dog wants to avoid the sensation is if they do not like it, yeah. right? And head collars are, for some dogs, still highly aversive. Yeah, 100%. Acting like it's a flat buckle collar. And then, hey, Scout, yes. And if we need to, what we can do is unclip it from that double D rig underneath, slip that collar back through, and then over top of her nose. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, there we go. And then we can go back to the gentle leader if needed. So the gentle leader is a good level up option if you need it, if you feel your dog's too powerful with the flat buckle collar. But just remember, you still have to have good timing and provide good information to your dog or changing any of the pieces of equipment won't be helpful. Agree with so that one thing well. that's really important to stop your dog from pulling is to not let them pull to things that they wanna get to. Bingo. And how we're- All right, so that's something else we talked about. That was number one I said when we were watching Beckman's video mm-hmm. is a lot of the reason why dogs will not pull with trainers or behave better on the leash with trainers is because we don't give in to those bits of pressure teaching the dog they are in control of the sensation we want to make sure that we are in control of the sensation do that is by turning them away from those things if he was so distracted i would slide my hand down the leash turn him and then put that slack back in the leash like we talked about before and that's so important because if your dog is constantly on this tight leash what we talked about they're just going to learn to continue to pull so let's remember we're not going to allow our dogs to pull to things that they want to get to and we turn them away from the distraction in the opposite direction. You wanna work around distractions, but nothing this close. You wanna build up to it. When Ketchy was a young puppy, I wouldn't have any of these things out. But as he grew more confident and he'd hang out with me more and he'd be less distracted, then I would challenge him with a toy in front of him and then we'd work through it. Rob, let's talk about a key takeaway for teaching your dog to walk on a loose leash. The number one thing, make sure you're consistent. If you're not consistent with your dog, if you're letting them pull some of the time and other times you're addressing it, you're really not being clear and that's not fair to the dog. Now your next step is to start applying these. All right, so I agree with every single step that they said here right? Every single step in this is going to be something that you could take away and use for your dog. My issues with it are thing number one, obviously it doesn't demonstrate the methods with an actual untrained dog, which is where a lot of people really struggle. Those dogs both were highly trained, right? So you could show it. It's no different than I could take Vinny and I could demonstrate methods for you, Yeah, but it's going to be so easy. (laughs) I've worked through so many hurdles, Yeah, right? Uh, With him that uh, uh, it's it's, it's not going to provide a whole lot of value for you, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, My other big issue with it is a little bit of the, again, I don't even want to call it pandering in this case because I do not think that's what they were doing, but a little bit of the the word choice of things mm-hmm. of like it's just pressure and this and that. The reason why these dogs are choosing to shift away from these distractions toward them is because you are providing some sort of aversive sensation they don't like when they make the wrong choice. In the case of Beckman's, he was pretty clear about it. It was a pretty firm leash pop, obviously, which is what I liked about his. In this one, they still did the quick turn, obviously away from the toys that they were showing, and they were giving a fairly firm pop there, but there wasn't a lot of attention put onto. That is what's getting the dog to not turn. It's not just turning the dog away from it. Yeah. You could, or or like Beckman said, the stop, 15 stops, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not just about making 15 stops. No. It's about stopping 15 times and providing an actual consequence or turning away from the toy and providing an actual consequence the dog cares about more than they care about that toy. Mm-hmm. So uh, good takeaways from this, obviously. Um, 
that could be a little bit challenging where this video by itself, I do not think necessarily would help an owner to teach their dog to stop no. pulling. Where Beckman's, I actually did think that it potentially could. So here we got a last one. This is Will Atherton canine training. I've seen a decent amount of videos of this guy and whatever. We'll watch the video, <laughs> I'll just say. We'll see what he's got to say. Okay. This one is called Best oh. Trick to Stop Your Dog Pulling on the Leash. Also, one additional thing here. There's not a trick to this, guys. Yeah. Like, I understand it's, it's for the title and everything, right? There's not a trick, right? It's just, do you have the communication established to tell them yes and no? And yep. then you just take that communication and you show them. There's, I, I think everybody, forget him, right? I think a lot of owners are out there looking for that one trick that's going to solve yeah. the problem. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Where it's really not about that. It's about understanding the fundamentals and making sure whatever rewards and consequences you're using are motivating enough to the dog. <laughs> as long as you do that, you, any of these tricks will work. Any oh, of yeah. these things will work. But without that side of things... Yeah. They're all useless. Nothing. Yeah. All right, here we go. I train in and we have yet another Fox Red Lab with us today. And we have got another case of extreme pulling, which is driving the owners mad. And this is a dog of another friend of a friend who have got to the point where this is just becoming a nightmare. He's a young one year old working line Labrador. Ooh. So he needs exercise, but because of how badly he pulls, exercising him has become incredibly difficult. So today we are going to be going through my process of how I take a dog from extreme puller to walking really nicely on a loose lead as quickly as possible. Now in this video I'm going to go into a bit more detail about my three-step philosophy for fixing most undesirable behaviors. Now these are the three steps that you absolutely can also take at home. Now the first step to uh, fixing a bad behavior like pulling is we have to let the dog know that that behavior isn't acceptable and we call this stage the correction stage. Dogs need to know when they're doing something wrong. Otherwise, they're just guessing what it is that you want from them. So we have to have the ability to make it very clear what we do want and what we don't want. We absolutely have to have the right tool for the job. So as is very often the case, when dogs become extreme pullers, they start to hurt their windpipe. They start to make those horrible noises. And because people don't want to see their dogs in harm, they'll move over to a, a harness-based solution, but the harness often makes the problem much worse. Harnesses are incredible. This is our Fenrir harness, but you need to have the right tool for the job, and the harness is not the right tool for addressing intensive or extreme pulling. The tool we're going to be using today is my trusty slip lead. So we're going to switch over to that. We're going to go nice and high, just behind the ears, and we're going to make sure that it's snug. So at the root cause of a dog that pulls really badly is a lack of guidance and direction and why I've been talking you've seen that that's exactly the case at no point is George looking up to me for guidance and direction he's looking off in the distance and making his own decisions and those own decisions there. that he's making are the wrong decisions that's what creates pulling lunging and can often turn into reactivity or aggression so the thing that we're going to be correcting in this instance is George's lack of engagement with me Okay, so again, commonalities between all of these videos. Right equipment fitted properly, obviously, is very important. Everybody's choice of equipment has been different. He wants a slip lead. Beckman uses a regular flat collar. The other guy uses a properly fitted buckle collar. I use a prong collar. 
Uh, the other person used a gentle leader sometimes. The equipment, again, like the last video said, without the right techniques is useless. Everybody has their preference for equipment. Yeah. Totally fine, right? Uh, additionally, he said, first thing we got to do is correct the unwanted behavior. I would agree, right? Obviously, the first step of stopping the dog from pulling is telling them, hey, when you pull, I am going to tell you not to pull. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty straightforward, <laughs> right? Again, let's go. I get it. When he does engage with me, I've got a pocket full of treats and I'm going to be praising and rewarding the desirable behavior of him bringing his attention back to me. Bingo. And that is what we call our tune-up drill. It's a drill you've seen me do many times before, but with every dog, it goes slightly differently. So this is another excellent opportunity for you to watch exactly how that works. So again, creating engagement and rewarding when being close to us, giving corrections without it. Now, the one thing I like about this video, one, he's showing it. He just gave a couple pretty firm leash pops right there when the dog wasn't giving attention. Yeah. Two, so far, nothing he has said has been all, it's, it's pretty concise. It's well put together, and I'm not hearing any contradicting or anything that has confused me or that I think would confuse your average owner so far. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is a good video so far. Good. George? Yes. Good boy. George? Good. Pretty firm with those leash pops, which, again, if you're on a yeah, tool like a slip lead as opposed to a prong, you got to be extra firm with, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I would just use a prong collar. Nonetheless, you would still have to be firm. But, um, again, to each their own. This, this will work. This method will definitely work. Good. Good. Good boy, good. So as you can see, the difference in what was maybe 20 to 30 seconds is astronomically improved. I'm gonna give you an example now of when I said, George, let's go. Good boy, good. And this time he isn't wanting to surge out in front of me because he needs to be better aware of me. George, good. I'm just starting to shape it here on my left-hand side. George, yeah, good boy, good. Good boy, good. George, good boy, yes. What a good boy. Sit, good boy, yes. Good boy, good. Huge, huge improvements. Now that is essentially step one done. I'm happy with the correction stage. I've made it very clear that you now do not pull on this lead when we are out walking together. Now I can do a whole video about just this correction phase and we've done many in the past and those videos have helped hundreds of thousands of people be able to have miraculous results. Now as a canine behaviorist, I never like to give an owner a dog back in this stage, even if the owner is incredibly happy with this result. Ideally, you have taught this in a positive fashion from day one, and then you don't need to use such heavy corrective or compulsive methods. We use these methods just to quickly say, hey, no, that's not acceptable anymore. But then we move on to step two and three. So step one is correction. Step two is then redirection. And step three is reinforcement. And that is where we want to live. And if we only ever stay in step one in the correction world, we're missing out on a huge realm of amazing opportunities, not only to teach your dog wonderful things, but build a better relationship. With that line in the sand, we're now gonna move forward positively. So step two is redirection. I need to redirect him to the behavior that I do want, which is when where we start formal heel 
training. And that formal heel training follows an incredibly positive luring, marking, and then reinforcing based procedure. As we redirect, we need to teach them what it is that we want them to achieve. So we've corrected the undesirable behavior, but now it's our role and our duty to redirect them to the desirable behavior, what we do want from them, which is where we can either free shape the behavior, which is what you just saw me doing. Every time he's in the right position, I'm then praising and rewarding that behavior. And then I can start to cue up that behavior with the term heal. Then you are left with a way to communicate with your dog, which is beautiful. You can reinforce the desirable behavior. Tell them what it is that you do want from them. And then you can pay them and reward them when you offer that desirable behavior of be here on my left hand side or right hand side, it doesn't matter, but on a loose lead. But now you also have the missing component that most people don't have, which is the ability to say, hey buddy, stop. But what you'll find is as you practice this, and this has unfolded in the last 10, 15 minutes, the requirement to correct your dog becomes low to non-existent because we've removed that undesirable behavior. That undesirable behavior is now down from 100% of the time to maybe zero, maybe one, two, 5% of the time. So the amount of correction we have to use is minimal. But because we're also redirecting and reinforcing the desirable behavior, that behavior is gonna increase. And if the undesirable behavior is 5%, then the desirable will be 95, which means we can praise and reward 95% of the time and only need to correct 5%. The more we do that, it is absolutely possible to get your... Okay, let me just simplify everything because he's, he's, he's going on a little bit of a tangent here yeah. right now. <laughs> and, and I don't disagree with what he's saying, but he is starting to really overcomplicate a little bit, I think, right? So, so we correct the unwanted behavior. And then once we don't have to correct the unwanted behavior because the dog is choosing the correct behavior, mm -hmm. we reward for the correct behavior. Boom. That's it. Yep. Dog to 100% desirable behavior. So you're only ever praising and rewarding and 0% undesirable behavior. And as you use your corrections, the unwanted behavior should go down as does your need to correct the dog. And as you reward the correct behavior, the correct behavior should increase increasing the amount of times that you could reward yep. more rewards less corrections as you follow a consistent plan like this yes george let's go so i hope you enjoyed that video guys if you did don't forget to like and subscribe because we do videos okay, so like let this me talk about week. my only so this in my opinion out of the three videos we watch is the best one so far mm -hmm. it is pretty clear up until the end there which wasn't unclear it was just way too complicated yeah right could have been dumbed down quite a bit right <laughs> Um, it showed the corrections and showed the dog's shift of attention post the correction. Mm -hmm. My issue is he did not show the reinforcement stage of things. Yeah. Right? So, so ideally, he could have spent a couple minutes. I mean, this dog is walking very nice with him right now, right? Mm -hmm. But the dog is obviously, as is normal, a little bit stressed out because he just got corrected a lot and he's giving him good attention. So now we could showcase good. Good, 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 yeah. good, good. Heavy rewards when the dog does it correctly so they could then see the stage of the dog getting more comfortable in the training process. Yeah. But nonetheless, solid video. I got no problem with that, actually. I I, I don't know if I thought that was going to be the best one or not, but that was the best one for sure. Yeah. So listen, so again, the point of this is, is we're, we're just having a little bit of fun here, watching some videos, seeing what kind of information is out there from the DIY standpoint, obviously. Yeah. Um. 
I think that when it gets to when you get to looking for like online dog trainers in order to help you train your dog through YouTube videos and stuff like that, there's a lot you can learn, right? But yeah. the problem is, and we watched three similar-ish videos that had a little bit of differences. The problem is a lot of them are going to kind of have a lot of conflicting information within them that is going to be hard for you to dissect, right? Yeah. Or they're not going to be put together in the most concise way like that last one was, where it's going to give you a lot of information and then there's going to be certain things that are said in the video that it's like, whoa, like, what are you talking about there? Or wait, that actually is different than what you said earlier. And you can't go in and ask questions and get follow-up information on those types of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it could be very it could be very challenging to get the right information without somebody to help guide you through some of these things, which is why we like doing these videos, right? Mm -hmm. It's not to bash on anybody. Those are great videos that anybody can watch and get really good knowledge from, but hopefully I'm able to provide a little bit of additional clarity on top of them where if you're actually looking to learn something through it, that you could actually take those pieces of information and then truly implement it and get the job done that you're looking to get done. Yeah. So... I think because uh, we've all done that, you know, the YouTube sure. uh, research on anything. Yeah. But, you know, if you're an, uh, a newer dog owner or you're, you're looking into training and just just going on YouTube and you watch those three videos. Yep. And they're not completely different, but they they the little nuances that are different would yep. be very confusing, I think, for a new owner. Sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's, but which is also, I guess, good because then you kind of see how there's more ways than one to do it. You know? Yeah, it's funny, you know, and I think where things get confusing is with all the talking, right? Like I'm even mm -hmm. guilty of it in lessons. Sometimes I'll, I'll just be talking and I'll be saying things and the client will be like, wait a minute, can you provide some clarity on that thing that you just said? Right? And I'll be like, oh yeah, I guess I wasn't clear about that. Let me, yeah. let me further explain. Where sometimes I think the best DIY videos are the ones that just show it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not even talking or anything. It's like step one, just a video of you doing step one. Step yeah. two, just a video of you doing step two. Step three, a video of you doing step three. You yeah. know? That way you just you see it. You yeah. see what I'm doing right there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I I think we did a couple of those way back when we got it, you were like we're doing this. And then it was just like ten minutes of barely any talking and yeah, just yeah. working the dogs. Yeah. And honestly, like Thinking back to it now and like seeing those, yeah, I think just seeing the work being done speaks way more it's than it's always what you could the say. best. Yeah. It's always the best when you just show it, which is why a guy like Beckman is, is so popular. He does show a lot of stuff, which is great, mm -hmm. right? Or Will Afferton. I know he's, he's a huge name right now in the online dog training space. And just based on that's the first full length video I've ever watched of his, like mm -hmm. aside from just clips and stuff. And he clearly showed the thing that he was talking about, yeah, you know, or showed most of the thing that he was talking about, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and yet again, it just reinforces again why I think the dog vlogs you guys have been doing are so great because it's just that raw, like mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's all just one lesson and you're just seeing everything that's happening in real time. And yep. like you said, I think you can get so much more out of that, yeah, 100%. So, so until next time, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this video and uh, we'll keep at it. Yep, we'll see you. See you.